Well, we all know that our kids forget a lot of things that we tell them, that we tell them over and over and over, and, and that's part of parenting, um, is just keep on taking those truths and putting them in their lives. But I tell you, the things that I remember most about my parents and uh, my mother and father-in-law are their values, the things that were important to them, the things of God, and, and those are the things I, I didn't forget. Those are the things that still impact me yet today, and so... Be thankful for a godly heritage, and you say, I didn't have that. Well, it can start with you. Start a, um, a heritage of passing a knowledge of the Word of God and a knowledge of God Himself uh, to your kids and, and uh, pray for them. And I pray that they will pass it on to others, and that is the greatest gift we can give our kids is uh, uh, loving and knowing God. Uh, you can turn your Bibles to the book of uh, Romans chapter 16. I'll tell you a story about uh, William IV in 1830 in England. Um, William became the king of the UK, Ireland, and Hanover. Uh, he had two older brothers, and they died. Uh, that was unexpected. He never expected to ascend to the throne as king. Uh, he was uh, enjoying a wild life of hedonism, giving in to every basest desire that he had, and no one wanted him to be king. <laughs> but it was thrust upon him after, again, his two older brothers died. He was known to drink and swear like a sailor. Uh, no offense to those who served in the Navy. <laughs> um, he fathered 10 children out of wedlock. Uh, he was known for out-of-control spending so bad that Parliament had put a censure on him and said, no more spending. <laughs> this is your limit uh, because it was just out of control. And so they reduced his salary so he would not spend all of the crown's uh, cash, so to speak. Uh, and he was so angry about it, they said he pouted, he fumed, and just openly let Parliament have it for putting this censure on him. And so he tells them, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to go out and find me a wealthy heiress. I'm going to marry her, and so that will absolve all the debts that I have. I'll just take her money. And so he set about to find a suitable and willing wife. After several proposals were rebuffed, uh, he started thinking no one wants to marry him. And being such a scoundrel, no, everyone understood why no one wanted to marry this guy. But then all of a sudden, this pretty and kind heiress in Germany said, I'll marry William. And so um, really being such, known for such debauchery, everyone was shocked that Princess Adelaide wanted to marry William. She was known for being frugal, for being wise, and above all, known for her faith in Jesus Christ. And they say, why in the world do you want to marry this guy? Well, I say her name is Adelaide, but her title is Adelaide Amelia Louise Theresa Caroline, Her Serene Highness, the Duchess of Saxony, and the Princess of Saxmeningen. What a title. And this wonderful, godly young woman, uh, almost half his age, he was 50, and she was 23 years old at the time, married him. And again, everyone was shocked. But he found her to be kind 
and uh, thought she was pretty. So uh, Adelaide was also known for being very, very kind to the poor, modest, and again, a genuine faith in Jesus Christ. And so that she was one of the most beloved queens in British history. But what people began to notice is her profound effect upon William. It wasn't very quick, but slowly over time they noticed that King William was being influenced by her godly love for Jesus Christ and her godly attitude toward all around her. So the queen was able to effectively curb her husband's spending, decreased his drinking, and he even stopped swearing. And against all odds, they even enjoyed a happy marriage. And as a tribute to her popularity, there are many parks, roads, even the capital of South Australia, all named Adelaide. She was revered and appreciated all over the Commonwealth. So we see the impact of godly women in the lives of those around them, even a debauched king like William. But I think in Scripture we see a beautiful, wonderful, godly woman, beautiful for her spirit, beautiful for her devotion to God and her service to the local church. And this is found in Romans chapter 16, and it's a, uh, a lady by the name of Phoebe. <clears throat> Forever enshrined in Scripture by Paul's appreciative words, And just two verses is all we really know about Phoebe. But boy, how those two verses cause her to shine like a bright star in the night. Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. It says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sincrea, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look into the life of Phoebe, these words recorded uh, as an example of the power that Christ has in our life so that we can have an influence in other people's lives. We see what Christ was able to do in Phoebe's life. And Lord, we're asking you, would you do these same things in our life? God, we we want to have the kind of godly influence on others around us the way she did. Lord, as we look into this and as we learn, we pray that you would help us to to see things clearly, principles clearly, so that we can strive to see Christ shine through our life too. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I just want to bring out three principles I think we see here. And uh, whether you're a lady this morning or a man, uh, we can learn from Phoebe's life. And I hope that it will uh, continue to bless you Uh, throughout not only this day, but throughout the rest of your life as you strive to follow these things. Uh, The first principle was she was a sister worthy of recognition. Let me do this for you. I'm going to go ahead and give you all three of them so that you kind of know where we're going. She was a sister worthy of recognition. She was a servant that was worthy of commendation, and she was a supporter worthy of cooperation. A sister, a servant, and a supporter, and uh, she stands out for us this morning. But she was a sister worthy of recognition. Notice how Paul starts with those words. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister. And it wasn't just because Paul had uh, perhaps been there when she was saved. Actually, we don't know. Uh, 
Sincrea is very close to a city we know as Corinth. And uh, it's a port city. They would bring goods in to Sincrea, and then they would transport them the seven miles to the great trading center of Corinth. And so um, I believe uh, some people think that it's just another name that would be used for the city of Corinth. But I think actually that most probably there was a church that was planted, a separate church in Sincrea, seven miles away. And that's where Phoebe had her home church. And so... Um, we see Paul is pointing out as a role model Phoebe, and I think not just calling her sister because he had heard of her faith, but a sister because her faith was so vibrant, it was so evident. And so uh, that is a wonderful principle for us, having a faith that is not just evident because we make a profession of faith, but a faith which is vibrant alive, living. Now, it's very quite possible, too, that uh, she was saved while he preached in Corinth and then eventually made her way over to Sincrea. Uh, but it's also a very real possibility that the church in Corinth and evangelizing that entire area after Paul left actually helped plant another church in that port city seven miles away. But however she came, Paul very well may not have known her uh, from having led her to Christ, but simply because her faith was so vibrant, people spoke of Phoebe, and people uh, were influenced by her life to the point where he wanted her to be the person who took the letter he wrote to the Romans and deliver it. Paul had not yet been to Rome, wanted to go to Rome, but he knew there was a group of believers that were there, a church that had been established. And he chose Phoebe, it seems like here, because he says, receive her. It seems like he was carrying the letter that was going there to Rome. And so he so trusted her, so had, had so much confidence in her godliness and her willingness to take on this mission and faithfully fulfill it that he says, she's going to be coming with a letter, and when she comes, you receive her and give her any assistance that she might possibly need. But I, I think uh, that ought to be something that stands out for us as Christians today. Uh, people ought not think that you're a Christian just because you attend a church. I mean, that is a way in which people can tell. Uh, but there are people who attend churches that their faith doesn't really seem to back up with their actions show. They go to church, but uh, as though they go into church, but it's not as though Christ is really shining through their heart. And that's what Phoebe, Phoebe was not that kind of person. Phoebe was a person whose faith was vibrant. And so she says, this is our sister. It's evident to us that she has this vibrant faith. And so I would like for her to go and to deliver this letter. She had a vibrant faith he calls her sister not just because she had a profession of faith, but because she had a proven faith. Her actions were speaking louder than her words. Oh, for Christians in Higginsville, Christians in our own church, that people will say, I know they're Christians not because they attend a church, not because they say they're a Christian. I know they're Christians by what they do. I know the kind of life that they live, and their vibrant faith is the greatest proof of faith in Jesus Christ. You know, the best proof of our faith is not the words that we use to describe our faith, but the words that other people use to describe our faith. They say, I know that person is a believer because, and then they describe the evidence of Jesus abiding in your life. 
You see, the gospel had changed her life forever. When the gospel came to Phoebe and she believed, nothing could be the same. And so she became uh, not only a member of a church, but she became part of the kingdom of God. And so her heart was immediately turned to serving others in the church. So much so she had a reputation for serving. Paul says, I want you to do this for me. So uh, just a, a very vibrant faith. And you know, something else that we're reminded of here too is this. You never know what kind of chain reaction you're going to set off when you share the gospel. I mean, who would have guessed? I mean, uh, I think about uh, Caleb talking about his grandfather. Now think about that because uh, someone, when he was a little boy, loved him and taught him the gospel. He grew up, became a pastor, taught his kids the gospel. They in turn taught their kids the gospel. And now there are preachers generations down. People who are in the ministry because of one person. I'm sure that lady could never imagine when she first loved that little boy, hey, one day there's going to be generations of preachers because of loving this, this little boy. But she loved him for the gospel's sake. Probably no one could have imagined when Phoebe came to Christ the kind of impact she would have on the kingdom and that one day she would be chosen to bear a letter to the church to bless them and to teach them God's truth. So keep on sharing the gospel because you never know what chain reaction you're going to set off by sharing the gospel. And Christ is glorified with every person by every time we share the gospel and every person not only receives it, but hears the good news of Jesus Christ. So she had a vibrant faith, but also we see that she was a true influencer. That's one of these buzzwords that I'm trying to wrap my head around. People say they're an internet influencer. They're an Instagram influencer. And I'm, at first I was like, what is an influencer? You mean like a celebrity? Well, no, they're an influencer. And I guess the idea is sort of like this. Because they have a social media following, they're able to influence the purchasing decisions that other people make. So they can uh, promote products on their um, social media that people will listen to and buy. And that oftentimes people are trying to get you to influence you to buy things that they don't really know much about. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that Patrick Mahomes isn't really qualified to tell me where to buy, buy the best insurance. But he's trying really hard to get me to buy State Farm insurance. I'm not even sure that guy named Jake from State Farm really knows what he's talking about. I have a sneaking suspicion he's just an actor who's paid to tell people buy this insurance. And yet people will say, well, if Patrick likes it, then I'm going to like it. Now, if it's about throwing a football... Patrick's your guy, but buying insurance, maybe not. But yet he has influence, right? He's an influencer. Well, here's the thing is, is Phoebe was an influencer without trying to, to, to gain a social media following. You see, she just influenced people because she was godly. And let me tell you something, that's the best kind of influence. The best kind of influence you can have is when your life points people to Jesus Christ and they're drawn to him. They're drawn to Jesus because of your love for him. And I'm telling you what, she was a true influencer by her godly character. Uh, Phoebe had more than celebrity. She had more than power or uh, a following. What she had was a godly life that shone like a star in the night that drew people to her. Which is really interesting because her name, Phoebe, actually means radiant or bright. They think it actually comes from the root word uh, meaning moon. 
and even can in some contexts mean pure. But who could have guessed that this little girl named Radiant would in, tr- in truth become a lady who would shine for us even today in God's word to show us what Christ-likeness looks like. And yet that was Phoebe. She was just that kind of person. As a matter of fact, do you know Paul mentions, it's not unusual for Paul to mention many people at the end of his letters, people he appreciates, people that, that have helped him and things like this. And in Romans, there's, there's the largest list of names. And of the 20-something names that are given for us in Romans, Phoebe's appears first. It is interesting that Paul sets her forth as uh, someone that he appreciates, a servant that is a role model for other people. And she still is a role model of what Jesus can do in our lives even today. Um, In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul speaks of people whose lives are letters that are known and read by all. Today, literally, we're reading the letter with Phoebe's name in it. But I think Phoebe was a letter of, in her own right, in her own day. She was a walking billboard for what Jesus can do. And she was known and read by all and blessed by those she came in contact with. But we also see that she really lived for what matters. Now, understand in this day and age, it would have been... Uh, Somewhat dangerous for her to travel that distance from Sincrea to Rome in order to carry this letter. Number one, because she was a woman, and because in that day it was fraught with dangers, and because she was carrying God's word, and she was going to an area, Rome, which was the hotbed of Christian hatred. (laughs) And yet she was willing to risk her life because that letter that she was carrying is what we know as the book of Romans. She was carrying God's word to the people of Rome. Now, I think that's very instructive. Let me tell you, if you want to be a godly person, make much of God's word. She was willing to risk her life to get the word of God to the people in Rome. And I tell you what, the, things that, or the thing that makes us have the greatest influence is not just godliness as an idea, but the fact that We know and live God's word so that we are godly. You know, that's what godliness is. It's knowing, loving, and living out God's word. And Phoebe had such a high regard for the word of God, she was willing to risk life and limb in order to get it to other people. Let me tell you something. You want to be a godly person? Fill your heart and mind with God's word. Make much of the word of God. God will make much of you. She lived for what matters. And so she was a sister worthy of recognition, but she also was a servant worthy of commendation. And that's what he says here. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant at the church in Sincrea. It seems very evident that she already had a reputation for being a servant in that local church. And so Paul, seeing her faithfulness, said, I'm going to choose Phoebe to take this letter. Now, The best way for you to prepare for great works of service is just to serve faithfully right where you are. Serve faithfully with what you have and what you can do, and God will continue to open up opportunities. You know, oftentimes people like to to skip ahead and say, hey, I just want to do something big and important. 
Treat everything you do for God as big and important now. It might be sweeping the floors. It might be teaching children. It might be something that seems insignificant or small. Preparing the sound uh, for a service. Let me tell you, those things are not small things. All the work that goes into practices and, and, and uh, with the sound of refining the sound so that you can hear well, all that takes a lot of time and effort. And let me tell you something, these are important jobs. There is no unimportant job. And Phoebe faithfully served in her local church where she could, and then God opened up a much greater opportunity. Listen, start with doing the little things for God well. Do them excellently. Do them with all your heart. Show up early. Give it all you've got. Try to learn and grow with everything that you're doing, and God will bless that faithfulness. Phoebe was just a lady who loved to serve people, and then God said, Phoebe, I need you to do something very, very important. I'm going to help you get the word of God to Rome. And that's the kind of people we can be, just taking everything we do as being important and giving our very best. <clears throat> And it seems like the commendation that she's given here, uh, I commend to you, is, a, is probably a technical word for a letter of commendation. Uh, if you go to the book of 2 Corinthians, he mentions letters of commendation seven times. Now, understand this. Uh, whenever someone who is representing uh, an apostle or the church would go from one place to the other, it was hard to verify their identity that they were, in fact, who they say they were, or that they were in fact sent by others. So they would carry letters of commendation. Basically, the apostles would write letters and says, receive this person for they're trustworthy and faithful in and, uh, and, uh, and the church where they're serving. Uh, Paul actually mentions that, how some people had created false letters in 2 Corinthians to try to say that the apostles were approving the ministry of false prophets. And he says, listen, no. And then he goes, do I need a letter of commendation? He goes, I actually was with you in Corinth. You're my letters of recommendation. Your changed life shows that I was preaching the truth. But it seems, though, as he was saying this, I want you to know I'm putting my official stamp of approval on Phoebe. She's the kind of Christian lady that ought to be respected and honored and received with joy. So this is pretty amazing. So she was a servant. Now, uh, the word used here for servant is actually the word, the, the feminine version of the word deacon. It, we would call it a deaconess. And you say, wait a minute, a deaconess? We only have male deacons here, okay? Um, let me just say this. It's very clear throughout Scripture that the pastors, elders, or leaders of the church were always men. And God intended it that way. I'm not being a misogynist. I'm not being old-fashioned. It's just there is clear evidence throughout the New Testament that God has called men to lead churches. But there is whole groups of men and women called deacons who were servants that were given tasks within the local church to lead and oversee ministries. And it was very evident, not only, I think, from uh, several passages in the New Testament here, but also from writings we have from early church fathers, um, <clears throat> shortly after the writing of Scripture, that there was a whole group of women that were called deaconesses that had ministries within the local church, deacons and deaconesses, male and female. And uh, they would do things like they would care for the poor, uh, they would care for the widows, and some people even think the passages referring to the widows, were, they were probably deaconesses as well. Uh, but they would also baptize female believers because there was 
some stigma to men and women touching in those societies. And so oftentimes the women would baptize the women. They would also teach the children and the women. They would teach new believers. Uh, and they probably had a, a wide ministry to women in the church. So these deaconesses were leaders of ministries specifically to women and children and to the poor and to all kinds of different areas in which the church served their community. And she probably, because it says she was a servant in Sincrea, it probably was identifying her with a specific position of being one of these leaders uh, among women. And so she was very, very important. But she loved to serve. She was willing to take on great amounts of responsibility, including taking a letter uh, for Paul. Um, and so we see that she was a servant to this church in Sincrea. So Paul points that out. And he says she's worthy of commendation. She's worthy of appreciation, we might even say. Um, she's worthy, I think, also of imitation. Because he sets forth the kind of person that she was as though being a model for other women to follow. And the values she had are values that men and women should follow of being a servant. Um, what are some of the things we can imitate uh, of her character? Um, well, we can see her courage. The courage to take the word of God, even though it could have cost her her life. Uh, we can see her consistency. She was a faithful servant so that Paul said, listen, I can count on Phoebe to faithfully deliver this letter, to faithfully fulfill the mission that she's given. You know, one of the greatest abilities people can have is just being faithful, just being someone that we can count on. Uh, in, a, in an era of very low commitment, even in churches, having people who are willing to commit time and energy over the long haul is a genuine blessing to the church. And this is the kind of person she evidently was. Uh, by the way, I've heard people say, try to claim that Paul was a misogynist, that he didn't like women, uh, meaning did not uh, in ministry. Uh, Paul was unmarried. Um, but they say he had a very low view of women. By the way, in Paul's day, it was pretty common to have a low view of women. But we don't see that with Paul. As a matter of fact, Paul elevates uh, how the church views godly women uh, very powerfully. As a matter of fact, of the people that he names here, I think um, it's either five or eight of the people he names in Romans there, and there's like, what, 26 names? Uh, like five or eight of them are women and points out their godly character. And so uh, only two of them don't have any mention of what they did. He just mentions them by name, but the rest of them he points out the things that he appreciates, so to speak, or the things in which they're doing. And so uh, he really does um, hold her up as someone that should be worthy of imitation. And listen, she earned her respect not because she was appointed to a position of deaconess. She earned the respect by the life that she lived. And that is why they put her in that position. And that's how all of us should be. We, we earn respect by living faithfully. And then that gives us the opportunity to influence others for God's glory. The fact that Paul had so much confidence in her delivering the letter says a lot about the kind of person that she was. But then he ends with talking about how she was a supporter worthy of cooperation. He points out the fact that she, it says um, that you should receive her 
in a manner that is worthy of the saints. Hey, she's a fellow believer, so love her because she's a sister in Jesus Christ. But more than that, the receive has the idea of receiving her gladly with honor and appreciation. He goes, and then assist her in whatever business she has need of you, because she was on this mission by Paul. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. And he uses this unique word that has the idea of a patron. Okay, uh, that's something that we're not quite as familiar with today, though we do use it some for certain instances, someone who supports another's work, a patron. Uh, you might even think of a popular platform, Patreon, in which you can actually help support someone's uh, business, whatever they do, uh, the social media content that they put out or whatever. Uh, but a patron in that day would have been someone who have, was wealthy and had the means by which to support another's ministry or another's work. Oftentimes philosophers had patrons. And even in Paul's work, it seems he's saying she was perhaps a wealthy businesswoman that says she has been a a strong supporter financially of the work that we're doing to get the gospel to the world. But it says she's been a helper of many and of myself also. So it seems that this stretches beyond just someone who gave some money to help someone get the gospel to further reaches. It seems someone who is just known to be a helper and a supporter of those people around her. She was a servant, and as a servant, she just loved helping people. She helped those around her be more successful in ministry. Man, what a wonderful ministry Phoebe had. Not only in the life of Paul, but in all those people that were around her, especially at her church in Sincrea. So she was a supporter of others. And so Paul says she was worthy of support and trust. You know, one of the reasons why I really, we last, uh, not last week, week before last, we had Cody and Leah, a fair child in our, in our church. And one of the reasons I'm so excited about their ministry is because um, Cody and Leah have been faithfully serving at Central Baptist Church in Kansas City. Matter of fact, uh, when I originally came in contact with them, I was looking to support someone else, and they said, listen, we're supported, but we have this couple that's working with us. They're working faithfully. And he was faithfully helping lead and minister in the Kansas City area, reaching those he could as he was trying to gain support so that he could go to Madagascar. And uh, one of the reasons why I was so excited about Cody and Leah is because of what others said about Cody and Leah. They said they are faithfully serving here. We feel confident they're going to faithfully serve wherever they go. When I'm looking for a missionary, I'm looking for a missionary. One of the first things I ask them is, what are you doing right now to serve in the local church? And if they're like, well, we're we're not really doing that. We just feel like God's going to call us to go serve some other place. I'm like, listen, you learn to serve here and now the local church. Serving overseas is just an extension of what you're doing right here. It's the same kind of thing. It's a different context. Certainly, you're going to learn a different language and learn to minister in a different culture. But learning how to serve people and love people, you start that right here, right now. And when I heard, when they said, hey, we got this couple, Cody and Leah, they're faithfully serving right now, reaching people for Christ, I got pretty excited. And, uh, and so what we're doing now is saying, we see what you're doing here and now, we're supporting that, and when we go to Madagascar, we believe you're just going to keep on faithfully serving. And that's how it works. He says, listen, she's been faithful in what she's doing, now you support her. Now, because she went there, uh, she probably would have stayed there for at least a week or so, 
uh, why she delivered that letter. They were, they were certainly saying, hey, make sure and house and feed this precious lady. Uh, back then, uh, we didn't have hotels like we have today, and oftentimes they, they were dangerous, uh, and they, weren't, they didn't have very good reputations. <laughs> and so being taken in by, by other Christians was an important part of the ministry of the church, loving each other as family. And so he, he was saying, listen, a sister in whatever business she has, if she has anything that she needs uh, in order to help her continue her mission, perhaps there was more she was going to do. Or to return, whatever she needs, you take care of her. You know why? Because she's the kind of person who just served and loved people. She's worthy of that kind of cooperation. I'm thankful for the, the ladies in our church who, because of their faithfulness and their love for Jesus Christ, we as a leadership team and as a church are loving and supporting them as they help serve and make our church better. And really, that's how I see the local church. All of us are investing in everyone else. We invest in everyone around us for the success of each person and all of us together. We just keep on investing in each other. And as you invest in me and me and you and each other, everyone invest in each other, we all grow in our faith and we all get stronger in Christ Jesus and we all do more uh, together. We do more for Jesus when we work together. And I think this is the kind of person that Phoebe is. And so as I close today, I just want to point out a couple of things I think we can learn from the life of Phoebe. And uh, she, uh, again, is one of those people that it doesn't say much about. But man, already I'm just like, man, I, I, really, want, I really want to meet her when I get to heaven. Uh, in just two verses, uh, she's left such an impression, I think, on not only the people around her, but on us today. And a couple things is, earn your influence by loving and serving others. She, she did not expect to be heard. She just influenced other and people listened. People took notice. Paul spoke about her just because she was faithful. She didn't have to try to say, hey, uh, I'm going to try to get likes. <laughs> uh, I read uh, recently where there was a guy, in order to, to build up his social media following, actually wrecked his plane act like it was having a problem, jumped out of the plane, parachuted, and of course, videoed the entire thing to get a deal selling wallets. But he was found out. And I guess the FAA doesn't take a very, or I'll say this, takes a very dim view of people wrecking planes to get views. <laughs> they don't like that very much. So now he's in big trouble. And I, and I sat there just as I heard the story, I just kind of, my mouth dropped open. I thought, who would wreck a plane just in order to get more views so that they could get a sponsorship deal? And I think, is that the world we live in now? Well, here's the thing is, Phoebe didn't have to do that. Phoebe just loved and served people, and people took notice of her. She really influenced people. So let's, let's be that kind of person. Live a life that others can imitate. Uh, already I find myself wanting to be more like she was. Be a servant to people around me. Be someone that people can count on to, to do things because I, I just love God and do things faithfully. That's the kind of person that we ought to strive to be and live for something that's going to last forever. <laughs> uh, she very well could have been a very wealthy business person. She could have said, hey, listen, I've got, a, I, I've got this business to run. I don't have time to go on this mission, Paul. Now, some believe it maybe even coincided. Maybe she was going to Rome to do some business. Perhaps that was true. But what we know is this, is the job that she was doing uh, could have very well cost her very, very um, very much. She, she could have lost her life for doing this, and yet she was willing to do it. 
because she said, you know what, there's some things that really, really matter, and the kingdom of God is something that really, really matters. Um, and so let's live our life for something that matters, because you know what, when we're dead and gone, people not, may not remember uh, the businesses we had or even the, the physical accomplishments or the, the things that we owned, you know, but, but what they're going to remember is how we influence their life, the things that they learned from us that were positive. And let's live that way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you, uh, we are very grateful for, for this wonderful, wonderful, godly lady named Phoebe. Uh, Lord, we want to have the right kind of influence. God, we certainly want to influence people to know Christ more, to, to, to give them a thirst and a hunger for you because they see the reality of, of Christ in our life. And they say, I, there's something that person has and, and it's, it's real and, it, and it, it flavors everything that they do, everything that they choose, everything that they think is all guided by this love for Jesus Christ. And that just gives them a thirst and a hunger to know Christ too. God, we want to be those kind of people. We want to be the kind of people that long after we're gone, people are, are given testimonies of, the, of not our greatness, but the greatness of Christ in our lives. Lord, that would be a life well lived, a life that continues to glorify our Savior because of how he changed our life. And that's what we're just asking for. And Lord, I, I pray this, if there's someone who doesn't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they might go to church, they don't have a vibrant faith, that they would right now cry out and say, I, I have sinned against you, God. You are a holy God. I have disobeyed your word. I have chosen my way instead of your way. And because of that, I... I deserve punishment. That's what I've earned. But Lord, that that person would then see that you sent Jesus Christ to, to justly absorb your anger towards sin so that those who by faith turn from sin and cling to Christ as their only means of salvation, as truly their life, as their king and as their savior, that those who would, who would by faith cling to Christ, that you have made a promise that you would give them eternal life, that they would believe on Christ, they would be saved, and then they would begin to see the Holy Spirit change their life, much like Phoebe, to follow him no matter the cost, to, to truly die to themselves, pick up their cross, as you said, and follow me. Anyone who wants to come after me, this is what, this is what you must do. Die to yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. And so, God, we pray that, that anyone would do that. I pray for those, Lord, who perhaps are drifting from the Lord Jesus Christ in their commitment and their passion for him would, would see once again the joy of a life completely focused on Jesus Christ. They would see from Phoebe's life, her focus on Jesus Christ and say, that's the kind of live, life I want to live. I want to I have that kind of meaningful, purposeful life and just living in joyful obedience to your word by the power of the Spirit. And so, God, I pray that you would work these things in our life. God, we, we know that we're not yet complete in Christ, but, Lord, I pray that we would always be seeking and striving, seeking to know Christ and striving to be like Christ in the power of the Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for being here.
make sure and, and call uh, the godly women in your life for the people that had an influence in your life and say thank you. And, uh, you know, let, let me give you a bit of advice, too, is, uh, you know, uh, none of our parents were perfect. <laughs> and some, uh, they make mistakes. I know I'm one of those parents who made mistakes. I've had to ask my kids forgiveness uh, for making, um, uh, at times, just having the wrong attitude or making the wrong choices. But let me tell you something. Um, your parents, God put them in your life, and there are things they taught you uh, that are still a help to you today. So there's always something to be thankful for. And for those that have maybe had uh, a parents uh, that were uh, maybe abusive, um, let me just say this. We're very thankful for a Heavenly Father, aren't we, who genuinely loves us, that takes us up when, when nobody else, uh, maybe others, it says, abandon us. He says, even if mother and father abandon me, the Lord will take me up. And he has, and he'll take you up in his arms, and he'll love you. So let that be an encouragement. And try to be that godly influence in somebody else's life. It might be just what they need. All right, we're dismissed. Thank you so much for being here. Lord bless you. Have a great afternoon.